You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Here for the Truth. I'm Joel Rafidi. Got my co-host Eurosimos with me as always. And today we have Dakota Robertson with us. He is a young dude, 25 years old, who's kind of blown up in the digital trader online entrepreneurship space as a ghostwriter. We have an awesome conversation right now, just reflecting on his journey, getting deep, and you know, also getting a unique perspective on some of the things that have taken place. Yeah, and before we bring Dakota on, just want to let you know this is the final call for the next round of Rise Above the Herd. Um, you know, you have until uh, Wednesday, October 11th, to sign up. Um, this is, you know, this is the seventh time we run this, like this program has changed so many lives, you know, people who have been feeling a little stuck or stagnant or really want to take their, their relationships, their work, uh, and their life to the next level. You know, they've really gotten a lot out of this. So if this call, if this speaks to you, you know, you've heard us post about it, talk about it. Um, you know, just a few days left. If you want to go on the journey with us, just go to riseaboveTheHerd.co. Uh, and if you have any questions at all, just, you could also shoot us an email or jump on a WhatsApp with us. All right, guys, here's Dakota. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the here for the truth podcast. Today we have Dakota Robertson in the house. He's a social media ghost writer, and he is the operator of the company growth ghost Dakota. Thanks for being here for the truth, man. Thank you, gents. Really uh, stoked to be here. Yeah, nah, us too. Dude, one way we always like to kick this one off is I want to dive into your personal hero's journey, like just from observation, it seems as though you've had quite a unique trajectory, you know, particularly to to get to where you are today. So my first question is like, what were some of the major catalyzing moments that really, I guess, transformed you and I guess, alchemized where you are today? I think a big one was growing up without a father, because that really kind of cascaded a lot of things in my life where I became a mama's boy because I became a mama's boy. I adopted a lot of feminine traits because I adopted a lot of feminine traits. I became very shy and closed in. And then that led to me just not socializing as much as more of a loner kid when I was young. And that turned to me, turned to video games down the line because I played video games a lot. I didn't move as much. I started gaining weight. I was eating double stuffed Oreos and uh, packing on the pounds. And then I became a bit chubby. And when you're kids, people like to point it out. So people started making fun of me and that really hurt my confidence. And I I remember feeling a lot of low self-worth as a kid, just not feeling good enough and not liking myself. And that kind of created such a pain point in my life where it's like, well, I got to do something, you know, I got, I got to go in the other direction because I'm, I'm absolutely miserable. So I started working out, going to the YMCA and I'd go to these boot camp classes and just work out till I threw up a lot of the times, <laughs> but I, I loved it and uh, got me hooked on the gym. And that was kind of my first foray into self-improvement. And then I found self-development books when I was 18, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all of those. And I just got hooked on that and applied a lot of the principles from the gym to reading and business and all these other areas. But uh, 
Yeah, I think the big one is growing up without a father, you know, being fat, being made fun of, not feeling good enough. And uh, that definitely was a big driver in my life, kind of have a chip on my shoulder and try to prove something. And uh, I mean, it worked well in business and in social media, but at a certain point I had to kind of face that, address that and do a lot of work to overcome that. But yeah, well, it was pretty uh, bumpy early on. Yeah, I mean, you highlight something that I just think is so important from a personal development standpoint, even I'm sure in the work that you do is like pain, you know, being able to face your pain, being able to feel your pain, and then using that motive, that pain as a motivation to improving as, as an individual. Um, and then I guess I'm assuming even from your business standpoint is how do you tap into those pain points of an individual to, to you know, inspire them to want to shift their life and change their life? Yeah, dude, that's a a big problem with a lot of the narratives that go go on right now. You know, you're a victim, and you know you can't do anything. You're you're oppressed, all that stuff. And I think it screws over a lot of people because they're oh yeah, I'm a victim. I can't do anything. But when you take responsibility, although it might not be your fault, you know, it's your responsibility for your life. It's it's really empowering, and it's puts you in control, puts you in the driver's seat and you can go take actions to overcome that instead of just feeling sorry for yourself. So yeah, man, the pain's a, pain's a beautiful thing. You know, you, if you have pain, it's like, well, it's there anyways, might as well reframe it as some kind of fuel or, or something to drive me to get me ahead in life. Right. Like, fuck, we all got pain to some degree. Yeah, definitely, man. We've all been, we've all been traumatized. We've all, experience things and it's like you know what do we do with it and do we allow ourselves to feel it you know or is you know everything out there in the world is there to distract you from it is to to keep you further away from the feeling the depths of it so we can act as that great motivator and great alchemizer straight up it's like oh yeah i'll just check my phone like i feel uncomfortable i'll check my phone it's like a pacifier (laughs) straight up i used to be very anxious i uh i had to tell myself like no you can't check your phone just sit there and you know just embrace it it's it's really uncomfortable but it, it helps you just uh just get comfortable with the uncomfortable yeah. yeah what do you what do you think are the primary drivers of apathy among young people today apathy means hate right well i mean to me apathy is like not being motivated to really make something of one's life you know or to mm-hmm or to venture out on one's own and to walk the hero's journey, you know, basically sitting on your hands, sitting on the couch, doing nothing. Yeah. Just not caring about anything, no enthusiasm, no concern for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, one, it's because we don't really have many great role models, especially true for men, but I would tell women too. I, I think, you know, there's not many strong figures to look up to and it's like, well, that's really demoralizing. And then also God, like I'm not religious. I, I'm a bit more spiritual now, a lot more spiritual now after my ayahuasca journey. But I think not having God in your life or some kind of higher power, yeah. it's like, whoa, there's nothing to strive for. or There's nothing, there's nothing to, I don't know, you don't really got a rule, rule set for life. You're just kind of, oh yeah, life's meaningless, all this shit. But I think when you have a higher power in your life, it's very powerful uh, whether that's you know a god or 
maybe you're striving towards something kind of project or, you know, you're working on your body or something like that. People need something to work toward, something to progress in. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't have that because I get, and it goes back to not having role models. No one's told me, hey, you know, go to the gym. Hey, work on this, you know, it's all just, you know, get your degree, sure. And then work a job for the next 60 years and hope to retire when you're, you know, 70. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's also nuts too. Just thinking about like how many people have OnlyFans and all this shit. And we're like praising this, this fucking crazy culture where you, oh yeah, you should go expose yourself on the internet to strangers. And that's empowering. Same with same with guys though. It's like, yeah, go go rack up a body count. It's, that's that means you're high value. So what is going on here? This is nuts. And I fell into that trap too. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, you you got high worth if you you go sleep with a bunch of women. It's like, no, you just empty in this inside, and you just don't feel good about yourself. It's it's such a crazy narrative that a lot of these you know celebrities and and societal norms are just being pushed on people. And I think it's led to a lot of people just like, well, is this all there is? And they're like, well, I guess maybe I just got to do it more and then I'll be happy. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad, man. It's really sad. You're, you're in your twenties, man. I'm 25. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's like, I, I would say the majority of people in in your age demographic, they're not thinking about the things that you're thinking about. You know, they are stuck in this way because it starts education, our education system. I mean, you're self-educated primarily, yeah. right? Books, yeah. courses, mentors, et cetera. The, the education system, higher education, isn't teaching the things that people need to really um, improve their their life, you know, beyond just a work standpoint, but even who they are as a human being and how can they evolve and how can they grow, you know? So it's like, it's a completely different system you have to, you have to get yourself out of, not to mention the media and all the programming that's going on in the media to keep people small, to to inspire them to self-sabotage even more and not to connect to these deeper elements of themselves on on a on a spiritual level and a personal level. Straight up, because there's no profit in it. <laughs> it's crazy, man. They like they want you sick. You know, the the big farm and stuff, they want you sick. Um the the corporations, this is kind of controversial, but I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, the plus size models and and um you know, saying fat is sexy and all that stuff. Um, that's fucking crazy in my my mind. Like you're encouraging people to live a unhealthy lifestyle. It's gonna shorten their lifespan. And I, I feel like it's like big food corporations pushing this narrative in America and all these other places, like, oh yeah, 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 it's good. Just to encourage people to go out and eat more fast food or the the shit processed food and just kill you slowly kill yourself. It's like, damn, like maybe we should encourage people to live healthier lives instead of prescribing them another pill to treat these, these symptoms. Maybe we should actually get to the root cause. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely asinine. Like I did, um, I did ayahuasca. I went to ayahuasca retreat uh, a few months ago and one of the psychologists there, Lauren Taus, she was saying, she said something really, something that resonated with me was you know, we're trying to treat the fish, you know, but it's the waters that are messed up. Like it's, it's not the fish, it's the water that's, that's toxic. And it's so true when you think about it, like everything's set up for, for people to, uh, 
to kind of fail, you know, watch porn, you know, eat processed crap all the time. Uh, go on TikTok. Don't don't think. Just you know, just scroll. It's really absolutely nuts. You know, go work a job and then buy these products and all of that. I love capitalism, but there's uh, there's some there's crazy shit that uh, that goes on when you think about it. when you just stop and kind of look at society. This is actually nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, man, it definitely is crazy. And like, to me, it makes me feel a bit sad of how difficult it's going to be for many people to shake this program and, you know, discover some semblance of selfhood and find, you know, their own path in life through the entire muck that is the culture, um, I guess, that we find ourselves in now in the Western world. Um, so like, what were some of the things that I guess shifted you from that, I guess, level of, you know, hysteria into, you know, walking your own kind of path and sharpening your own mind and recognizing, you know, that, you know, things actually quite inverted out there. Psychedelics was a big one. So I did um mushroom. <laughs> I did mushrooms before I even drank or did anything. It was uh, when I was 13. I just heard it or maybe no, I was younger. I don't know, it was grade six. I did I did mushrooms. And uh that really uh really that's why I'm kind of weird weird nowadays. But no, mushrooms have been a big part throughout my whole life, just doing that. And it's helped me with my social anxiety, my anxiety with death, how I view myself, how I view the world, my place in it. Very powerful. And then also ayahuasca. That was that was the final boss of psychedelics uh, so far for me. I did ayahuasca and that was really, really profound experience, especially with the setting because there's only 12 people and it was a retreat and I had a psychologi psychologist there and a, a shaman and it was a six-day retreat. I didn't touch my phone, but I, when I was, when I went attended the ceremonies, there were three. I really closed the loop on a lot of childhood shit and trauma and how I viewed myself, how I felt as a kid. You know, those, those feelings of low self-worth came up and, you know, I'm not good enough and just feeling scared. And I, I got to, it was interesting. I confronted my, my child or who I was as a kid and uh, basically like, Hey man, you don't got to be scared anymore. Like, you know, taking the, taking the lead from here. And it was really profound, but also re reflecting on my relationships within my life, you know, my mini society, uh, like my brother and my friends and just how I've treated them and how I could show up better in their lives. And that, that was very powerful for me. Like the thing is, I think if you want to change society, you got to kind of start with your own, your own group of people, you know, I, so the cascading effect of that is huge and you 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 show up in your relationships and then they start showing up in theirs and it trickles down so i think that's the that's a big part of it and then also uh the gym like it's kind of cliche but man it all started in the gym and just working on myself and it's it's parallel with a lot of other philosophies in life I have where it's you show up consistently for months on end. You work your ass off. 
to only get these tiny percentages, fractions of a percent of improvement. But over a long, long enough time horizon, it compounds and you see noticeable changes and seeing that progression, you know, sparks dopamine in your brain. You're, you're motivated to do more and you're tracking it and becomes a, a project for life that you're working on. Kind of like a, a sculptor is working on the mag, Magnus Opus. It's, it's something to strive towards. And that was, that was huge for me because it gave me a lot of purpose early on. And then surrounding myself around other ambitious people in life, that was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped hanging around losers. I stopped going to parties as much. And I, I surrounded myself with people that were striving for more and, and were doing better in life. And that was motivating for me because I didn't feel like such a black sheep once I found my, my community, my, my group of friends that I, I really vibed with. And then it's like a mini mastermind, you know, you're, you're bouncing ideas off each other. You're encouraging each other. You know, when you're going through hard times, you, you hit them up be like, Hey man, like blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's really motivating. But I think, yeah, you need a community. You need a, a goal to work toward and progress in and you need to do mushrooms. I'm just kidding. You don't need to do mushrooms, but some, some kind of mechanism to reflect like journaling yeah. and journaling, journaling's journaling's huge. That, that was absolutely huge for me because think about how often do we just sit there and think we always got, you know, Oh, notification. Oh, we got, you know, whatever to work to do on a laptop. Oh, I got to go. You do this checklist and all this stuff, but just sitting down and, and writing, we're just even just sitting there and doing nothing. You just allow your brain to just process what's going on, even meditating. So having some kind of practice like that is absolutely powerful too. Yeah, man. I love that you said that too. Even like the, the little joke about psychedelics, like, listen, I think it's a tool. I think for a lot of people, it is really supportive of them, but there are other things out there that can also, you know, connect a person to the deepest parts of themselves and reflection is it. Spending time in nature. Uh, yeah. Meditation. Um, just, I mean, how often, Joel, have we talked about like, does a person just go and just sit on your fucking couch, just sit on your couch and just be there? Just sit there. Don't grab your phone. Don't grab your dick. Don't you know, <laughs> what, what 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 like what comes up when you're just there? You know, I think this is why a lot of people also say like when they're doing a road trip, because driving sometimes is like this unconscious thing. You're just doing it, you know, so you're just sitting there. Road trips force people to just be with themselves and they come up with these ideas and reflections and 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 things like I've said this multiple times on this podcast, like a couple road trips have changed my life because I came up with like ideas and big decisions that I ended up making in my life from that. So it's huge. It's huge because we're distracted from every single angle. I am, man. I'm I'm on my phone way more than I would like to be at times. But when I don't, like that's why I could see how a, an experience like you going, I don't know if you were in the jungle or wherever you did your ayahuasca experience and like you're off your phone for six days, just that alone. If someone went to a cabin, left their phone, you know, in a lockbox in their house, you know, and just went and like took some walks in the trees and brought a journal, like what would that do? What does that do to your inner world? You know, it's like you can't put a price on that. And we've gotten so disconnected. We're so focused on the external world and what's going on in the world. And it's like, well, what's happening within this universe that I call me? Yeah, dude. It's yeah. Even if it's just sitting on the couch. Really go for a walk, man. It's super powerful. I was went on a walk the other day without a phone, and just ideas are pouring out of my head. Yeah, I mean, we 
we have no mental space. We have pretty much no gap, you know, in, in, in our thinking for genius to actually arise. And, you know, that real profound creativity comes from, comes from the imaginal world. It comes from the space between our thoughts, you know, that bubbles up. Um, and you're right, man, this, this addiction to our phones is, in my opinion, the, the primary form of self-sabotage right now, which is preventing people from actually accessing their inner genius, you know, and accessing their own unique way of being. Um, it's, it's an epidemic. Straight up, dude. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you gotta the put in guardrails. Yeah. hundred percent. You gotta put in guardrails for that stuff. Like, I, I recommend for anyone listening, you can use apps like cold Turkey for desktop where it, uh, blocks your, whatever websites you want to block or apps you want to block and for whatever schedule. So like first six hours of the day, just block social media and you get work done. And then for the phone, opal.so is great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we have opal. Yeah. Don't even make it an option. That's my. How do you, of- how do you manage that in terms of being like an online entrepreneur? Because obviously many people think like, you know, being an online entrepreneur means I need to be on my phone 24 seven and you know, that's my job. And they kind of give themselves a gateway, you know, into justifying that yeah it's been it's been a struggle for sure and it's something i've been working on for the past nine months like some i've been putting a lot of focus a lot more focus and on but um yeah because it's easy to get caught in the trap oh i'm doing work you're just scrolling twitter (laughs) but no it's uh yeah it's, it's just putting in guardrails and just recognizing this is not conducive for my goals. You know, you spend, you can spend an hour or two hours on Instagram reels. And you, it's like you're in a hypnotic state because they know how to, how to yeah. hit the next video to spark the novelty and hit the dopamine. So you keep going on the slot machine. It's literally like a slot machine. So it's, uh, it's recognizing how bad it is for your, for your goals. I mean, I don't think social media is bad, but I think, I think, it's a tool and you can hit, your, hit yourself on the head with a hammer or you could build a house. And I think a lot of us are just hitting ourselves on the head with a hammer, but yeah, just putting in those app blockers, man, those are huge. That's huge. And then, you know, get a friend to set the passcode on, on them. <laughs> like I've done that and I have, I can't, I literally can't access social media if I, I want to. So yeah. just putting in those guardrails or it's been huge for me. Even with even with Opal, like Opal, you can have like the different like sessions and the settings. Like one is like you can't get on it no matter what. But then the other one is like, oh, yeah, you have a five second break and then you could do it or then the extended break. And it's like I've tried them all. And, you know, I give myself outs like I I, I think I have to go back to the one where it's like you just can't use it, you know, like especially like maybe later in the evening, you know, after a certain time. No reason I feel like to be on your phone uh, super late, not to mention like. The, what the blue light and what that does to you. I and mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. It's like you're time traveling, like time moves like two times faster when you're on your phone. I find when I, when I was in Costa Rica at that ayahuasca retreat and I didn't have my phone, I was shocked with how long the day was and it, not even in a bad way. It was, it was great. I just, I would sit on a, a chair and I would just stare out to the mountains and it was fun. 
Uh-huh. That was a thing too. I mean, dopamine got reset. So a lot of boring things were actually stimulating and I had an appreciation for it. And it, it was actually, it was amazing. I was so blown away. You know, all this stuff that we deal with, with technology and everything, it is so new from a historical standpoint, evolution, you know, which is why I think it's like fucking with our systems to this degree that like people are just not in a good place around it. And I know times change. And like you said, it's a tool. How do you use it to your advantage to be able to have the freedom? I mean, you know, you, you're an online entrepreneur. You have the freedom to be wherever you want to be. And you're able to create your business. You have a laptop, an internet connection, and a phone. You know, it's incredible. Technology is great. And there's the shadow side of it. Yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword. And, you know, if you don't lack discipline or you don't even realize it, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> You're kind of screwed unless you have someone to tell you, hey, do this. Like, you know, this is screwing you up or whatever. But it's even then, man, it's it's also hard. Like sometimes I still struggle with it. God, God, I just wasted two hours on Instagram. These stupid yeah. reels. They're they're pretty funny, but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do too, man. I mean, there's times where I'm like, I'm holding this phone and in my head I have the thought, like, in 10 minutes, I'm gonna, you know, go out and plant a tree. You know, and then like an hour later, I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like this cycle. It's really, it really requires this level of just self-awareness and discipline to just have a certain level of self-control and just be like, okay, now that's it. And I'm getting up and I'm doing what I have to do. And then you walk back in the house like in 10 minutes later to get a glass of water. And before you know it, the fucking phone's in your hand again. And you're like, what the fuck? Straight up. Or I think about it, man. Like if you're doing six to eight hours a day on your phone. Like that's a third of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of that's scary, scary, man. Yeah. That's how, that's how like Opal because it shows you, yeah, you're, you're spending like 23 years of your life. <laughs> if, you, if you keep up at this rate, you're like, oh shit. Crazy. You know? Yeah. And then, and then add on top of that, the few hours of Netflix that the average person is watching every night be, be on top of like the phonius. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, both, know, the same, like, both at the same time. Yeah. And it, again, it's it's interesting. We did an amazing episode uh, with this woman, Laura Lee Scave, who's like an expert in Lord of the Rings. And she says Lord of the Rings is the guiding myth of our time. I mean, we get really deep into it. She's done tons of videos. And, and she says like the fucking ring is the cell phone. Like my precious, my precious, you know, our phone. It's like we must have it. Like if I don't have it, what what's going to go on? You know, like it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, that's actually interesting. It's interesting how how stories relate to to life so well. You know, that's why they resonate so well. And even something like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter is so in this different realm of stuff, but we get so engrossed in it because it's it's you, know, Arch- you can extract the lessons. It's archetypal, man. It's archetypal yeah. at the end of the day. And like, I mean, coming from a shared truth, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm among among the collective. All right. What what do you, I guess, let's flip this. Like, what do you love about like being an online entrepreneur? Like how is, you know, how has your life shifted as a result of the technology that we now have in order to build and create? Man, I love life. Right. It's great. Um, it's my biggest value is freedom, you know, freedom yep. to do what you want, work on what you want, live where you want, wake up when you want. And Man, it's it's actually crazy 
I remember waking up as an electrician when I was 18. I was in the oil and gas industry. I'd wake up at 4 a.m., cold as shit outside. I'm just miserable, surrounded by miserable people. I'm like, oh, okay, got to go to work. Work for 12, 14 hours. Come back to the camp. Eat whatever slop they had. Go to bed. Repeat. So depressing. I was on the brink of depression. That's why I started journaling. But then contrast to now, man, it's it's amazing. I I meet so many cool people. I've become friends with amazing people that have inspired me in so many different ways and have improved my life life. And it's very grateful for it. I'm grateful for the relationships I've made. And also too, it's like money isn't an issue now. Like I don't look at the price of things anymore. And I'm very grateful because I used to live in a motorhome, man. Like I know what it's like to to struggle financially. And when you eliminate price from the equation of a lot of things, I'm not like I'm not saying I'm fucking, you know, multimillionaire, but it's you appreciate things for what they are. You know, you don't factor in price. You so you can evaluate things on their value to you. And that, that's been huge for me. Or my sisters say they, one of my sisters wanted goalie pads for, for hockey. And she's oh, like, I wish I had them. And I was like, send her money. I'm like, go buy them. That's cool. That's so cool. And you can take care of your family like that. It's really, it's really, it means a lot to me because I know what it's like not to have money. And then traveling. I love travel. So I get to have all these crazy experiences you know, Colombia, Panama, Costa Rica, Dubai, all these places. And uh, just experiences I never forget. And it, I wouldn't be able to have that if I worked a job for somebody else. They wouldn't allow me to do that. But I set my own schedule, my own hours and all of that. And it's it's great. And and it's really fulfilling too. Like with social media, whenever I write a vulnerable post or or something that really means a lot to me, I actually pour a lot of effort and time and, you know, kind of put myself out there. And someone DMs me like, hey, man, this really meant a lot to me. This really changed how I thought about whatever my situation. That's cool. That's That means the most to me. That when you actually can see how it impacts someone's life, that's really, really cool. Because I, I, I'm by no means perfect not even close but if i can kind of be that role model i wish i had growing up to some degree and kind of guide guide people in the right direction then i think that's great because then you know you got the money but then it's also aligned with your purpose so it's win-win right so that's uh yeah i think purpose too is, is a huge thing i'm very grateful for it and it's at scale too as I keep growing on social media, I can affect more people's lives. And it's, yeah, it's really gratifying. And just because, I was going to say, just goes to show like, man, when you're truthful, you know, just the importance of truth, when you're really honest with who you are and you share a piece of who you are, um, people relate to that, man. We're all fucking human. We're all going through shit. No one has it all figured out. And even if you think you have it figured out now, like you're going to... Uh, approach a different stage in your life that you've never experienced before. So you're not going to have it figured out, you know what I mean? So it's this ongoing evolutionary growth process. But like when you're on purpose, when you're doing what you're going to do 
and you are being truthful about your struggles and your challenges and things that you've overcome, that's what people want, man. That's what people want at the end of the day. You know, so it's amazing to be able to impact people's lives doing something that is aligned with who you are and what your gifts are and what you're putting out into the world. Yeah, man. It's it's not always easy. I say majority of the time it's hard to be truthful, you know, mm-hmm. especially to yourself. I think if a lot of people reflected like, oh, yeah, you know what? I said I was going to do this thing. I didn't do it. Why is that? And you're just being honest with yourself. Like, God, I, I keep effing this up. Like, what's going on here? Why am I not doing this? If you you just keep asking why and why and why instead of saying, oh, you know, I'll do it tomorrow, whatever. You'd actually get to the core root of it. I'm sure you'd uncover a lot of stuff. And again, like that goes back to spending time alone, whether it's journaling or sitting on the couch or going for a walk. That's why it's so powerful because you uncover a lot of the reasoning behind stuff and you can actually get to the the core the core problem. And then be putting yourself out there and being vulnerable is huge too, especially for men. I'm sure you mm-hmm. you guys know it's how yeah. hard it is sometimes to to do that, to put yourself out there. Uh, one book that changed my life was Models by Mark Manson, and it was a dating book, but it was talking about how being vulnerable is, is so powerful and how men need to be vulnerable and like put yourself out there. And when you do that as well, you, you give people permission to show up as their vulnerable selves, their, their truth. And uh, yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. It is balanced, man, because it's like vulnerability without the strength and you're a victim, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, how can you almost stand in between the tension of opposites? This part of you that's like super strong, like warrior, like, but then like there's these little colors of sensitivity and vulnerability that come through. And that's what really, I think, inspires people, impacts people. And that's what intimacy is. Ultimately, intimacy is this like this almost middle point between these two poles where you're able to touch in and tap into these different parts of you and communicate from that place. You know, if you're just like online, like hysterical and crying, you know, like, yeah, you might you might um, um attract a very small percentage of an audience that just wants to be with you in in your misery. But like, if you're able to like communicate clearly, solid, grounded, and there you can see like, maybe like in your eyes, there's like a little, like just something that's welling up and you're there and you're, I mean, that's the stuff people are drawn to, you know, those are, those are even like the biggest moments in, in cinema that people like connect to, like that moment of connection, of intimacy, of depth. You know, where there is that almost integration of opposites where like magic happens. Yeah, that's the powerful stuff, man. Yeah, I like what you said, the the balance too, because a lot of people can just go way in one direction. Blah, 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 yeah. Boo-hoo and all that shit. It's like, well, what and, did and you the, learn from it? Yeah, and the flip side too, you know, especially in like, you know, in the personal development world, it's like being a man. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking man. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Fuck this. Yeah, men don't be get vulnerable. None of that bullshit. And it's like, yo, that's just, you're, that's incomplete from a psychological standpoint. You know, you're repressing and like repression at the end of the day serves no one. It's all about how do you, how do you become the conductor of your own inner orchestra? You know, how do you build a relationship with these different parts of you and how do you utilize them in connection with others and communication and the work you do, et cetera. Yeah, man. I saw, I saw a post on Twitter a few days ago and this guy was, had this take, He's saying if you're a man, you smile. It's like you're you're not a man. He's like, he was trying to say if you're a man, you're like don't smile. It's like what is that? Some of the the alpha male shit is so funny. Is <laughs> right. The the tread manosphere is 
There's a bit of messed up fades. We're experiencing it. hurt now. you, man. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like how many people are magnetized to 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 these kind of ideologies? You know what I mean? Like it's a flip. It's a complete yeah. flip. You know, and I think hopefully, you know, everyone is on their journey. They they bounce from one pole to the opposite, and hopefully, they come back to a a more integrated place. You know, yeah. Which you know, I, I was there in my life, man. Like when I got really into health in my early early mid twenties, you know, and I played the food police, man. I was like the food police. I was like, you can't do that. It was so rigid, and you know, then you realize there's there's more to life, and especially how you communicate and how you live, and and you become more balanced. So that's that's my hope for some of these hardcore hardcore dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as they get older, they'll kind of realize, oh yeah, that's kind of crazy some of the shit that they're saying <laughs> totally totally and you know showing up as a complete or like more holistic human being is even a little bit more difficult on on social media which kind of encourages and incentivizes you know most people to just show up very rigid and very one way and maintain a very strict certain image you know and then people are scared to show multifaceted sides of themselves very often you know because now they've built an audience that expects them just to be one singular way and we think, oh, our engagement's going to drop, et cetera, if we show up differently, if we say something different, if we speak outside our niche. But like, what fun is there in only being one robotic, you know, way your entire life just simply to, you know, build an audience and create an income? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's interesting. People cater their whole personalities, their whole lives toward an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And I think it also speaks to <clears throat> if you don't, if you're not vulnerable enough or you, you don't share yourself enough, that's how you screw yourself. Because, you know, if I grow a social media account, it's just on, you know, AI and chat GPT or whatever. I'm just talking about that all the time. And I grow to 200,000 followers. And then maybe I tweet something personal. Nobody cares because you've grown your whole audience on this one thing. It's like you're, you just trapped yourself. That's yeah. why I'm big on telling people, like, share your story throughout the whole thing. Like, teach an actionable skill that'll solve people's pain points or or help them reach a desired outcome but along the way talk about your opinions talk about your worldview shit posts post memes you know stuff like that stuff that really shows there's a human element and what that does is it will shift the focus away from what you're talking about to who you are mm-hmm. i can post i posted potato the, the word potato that was it on on x or twitter uh, last week and it got a lot of engagement it was just because oh it's just dakota being dakota because they know me so yeah i think it's important to build your brand the level of autism oh, i was gonna say autism with <laughs> a level of authenticity <laughs> maybe a little bit of autism uh but from the get-go and uh and uh yeah just be true to yourself Bro, how how fucking lonely would it be it's like have like a two hundred thousand follower account you can't even say one thing real. Like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's sad, bro. That's yeah. like it's kind of like the digital handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you that's how most people are living too. Like a lot of these influencers, they they gotta do this one thing, this one stupid TikTok dance or whatever. <laughs> like that's your whole shtick. <laughs> Screw that. I'd rather have lower engagement, way, way less followers, and just be true to myself. Yeah. Yeah. One of one of my most liked posts ever on Instagram was actually me replying to you. You posted on Twitter back in the day. What what a what a 
what advice would you give to a teenager in five words or less? And I responded to you saying, don't get vaccinated. And I just screenshotted that and posted on Instagram and had like 15,000 likes. Based. <laughs> Dude, that, yeah, that shit's crazy. It was crazy in Canada for that, man. Like, uh, I had to get vaccinated because I was moving to America. And I couldn't go otherwise. But when I went to the nurse, she was, it was actually crazy she was, she was like, she was blaming the people that were unvaccinated for all this. Like, tell your friends who are unvaccinated to come get vaccinated because we're over this. Like, we need to, we need to end lockdowns. I was, I was blown away. I'm like, this is the, the narrative. Like, a healthcare professional is, is putting, putting on somebody. It's like, that is actually sick. And it's crazy how, how people that are unvaccinated are demonized, man. Like, they don't want, a, a jab from you know this rushed medical thing and and, and it's yeah. it's it's crazy man yeah, you crazy. lose your job you know like you yeah. said you're demonized and sick but you know we live in an upside down world man i yeah. mean from a media standpoint from an academic standpoint from a political yeah. standpoint from a medical and scientific standpoint i mean we really do like people that are at the upper upper levels of all these industries, man, they're living in a make believe like fantasy world. Um, and so that's why, like when you take the power into your own hands and you become an entrepreneur and you understand, yeah, we talk shit about a, a phone, but you, we have like almost all the information at our fingertips. And what do we do with it? You know, we can learn anything we want to learn if we have the will, if we have the desire and then to create that and put that out into the world, which is, I think, a big piece of, you know, what you inspire people to do, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah man it's it's also encouraging people to think for themselves you know they, they just trust everything the government puts out it's like imagine imagine someone like hitler gets into power and you just do everything he says you know how how screwed up that would be you know you got to question the government you got to question their intentions and keep them in check because they they work for the people right it's not the other way around and i think we've kind of lost sight of that and it's uh it's crazy shit man like the, the shit that's going on in canada right now is just like whoa that's why i'm exiting the, the yeah canada i hear you man tax system yeah i'm originally from from australia you know i moved to mexico oh. as a result of the intensity of, yeah. of the experience man um i'm here now with my family but it also goes to show like like obviously what we do in many ways you know marketing is a primary skill of being an entrepreneur but it shows you the flip side with marketing when it's not grounded in truth you know, the kind of mind control and you know the the the, the propaganda that can lead people down a very inverted path you know so it's yeah. really got to be grounded in truth i guess that's why i'm grateful man just learning these skills marketing i've studied propaganda and you see that shit everywhere now it's like seeing the matrix you're like oh they're doing that okay yeah, yeah. Oh, all right it's absolutely nuts it's yeah in australia man i feel for you that looked like a shit show that was next level uh, Canada didn't come close to that, although we're on the road. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those those days, man, 23-hour curfews, bro. People were allowed outside for one hour a day, and in that one hour, you could only be exercising. Wow. If you were doing anything other than that, you know, you, you could get arrested, get fined. And this went on for like months, months. It was crazy. So sad, man. But Joel had four tickets. Like he got like four tickets, and he represented himself and 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 beat the government, you know, by representing himself and going to court a few times. So, you know, again, more power to you, and it's it's a testament to who Joel is. Because how many people would have just been like, okay, I'll pay the fine, or 
or whatever the case may be. So again, this is like, you talk about earlier about changing society, man. It starts with the community. It, you know, let's go back. It starts with the individual. Smallest minority with, on earth. What? Smallest minority on earth. Yeah, it starts with the individual and what you do and, and you know, how deeply you can accept where you're at and then realize, okay, where do I need to go and what do I need to do to get there? Um, go to the gym, read books, reflect, whatever it is, you know, everyone's on their own path. But the information is there. The mentors are out there if you need them to be inspired. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to you when you're looking in the mirror, you know, being 100% fucking real with yourself. Am I happy with the life that I have right now? And if I'm not, and you can really allow yourself to feel the pain of that, because like we keep saying, it is a motivator for change. But if you're getting drunk all the time, if you're getting high all the time, if you're jerking off all the time, if you're doing all this shit, it doesn't allow you to allow that pain to bubble up to the surface to really act as the great motivator that it is. Yeah, man. Yeah. I I, th I view it as a video game. You, you, you got yourself in the video, video game character. You're starting at level zero. You don't have any of the gear or, or any mm. of that stuff. And you, <laughs> you're surrounded around, around by these, you know, maybe other party members that just aren't don't have much resources and then you start you know leveling up maybe you level up your intelligence stat your strength stat all these other stats well you yeah i feel like all the stuff you do as an entrepreneur or whatever it uh yeah it allows you to access these new levels to life that maybe other people don't see or you know, can't access and yeah it's interesting you start viewing life differently Totally, man. You meet new allies, you know, you meet better community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. And that starts oh. with being true to yourself, man. You know, yeah. when yeah. you are true to yourself, that's when you start bringing these people in and attracting them in. But if you're, if you're afraid to use your voice, if you're afraid to speak your truth, you know, 10, 20 years are going to go by and you're going to be like, why is it my life the way it is? Well, it's because you haven't you know, you know, lived a, a more, a more heroic life. You know, I'm not saying you to be, I'm not asking people to be like the most heroic individuals that have existed on planet earth, but it's like, what is that to you? You know, what was the, for you guys, what was the shift for you? Or were you always kind of, you know, rooted into this philosophy or was there a moment that just kind of snapped it for you? Um, I feel we probably answered this question on, on different podcasts and probably at some point in ours. Um, do, we have, do we have three hours? Get for a year. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have three hours for me. I mean, I've, I've always been a curious person, but, uh, you know, I grew up first generation parents. My parents were probably had a certain idea of how they wanted me to live. But um, I think especially after college or during college, you know, like I, 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 um, I studied abroad in Australia and I just kind of like met these people that were just traveling for like two years. Like, wait, what? That's a thing? It's not in our culture in the US growing up, especially when I did, I'm 43 right now, is like, you don't, that's not something that's taught, you know, where you can just like, you know, don't go to college or or take a few months off and backpack. And, and that for me, that's what it was. I started kind of backpacking and reading books and then realized the initial path that I was on very quickly, like my first post-college job, like, I just, I left it and then I began this more alternative path and I don't need to get into my story, but it's, you know, each thing led me to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And a lot of it was about self-education and a lot of it was about tuning into that inner truth, that inner guidance system and making decisions based off of that, you know, um, and then seeing where that let me. So that led me. So it was really, is really like going, wait, something feels off and then realizing, okay, I'm I'm going to act on that as opposed to let me just stay in this feeling of feeling shitty and feeling handcuffed for 10 years. I was like, I think that was one of my gifts is that like, right when I felt this moment of 
eh, I made a shift. I made a change. So self-education played a huge role, finding good mentors that inspired me um, and aligning with people that, you know, man, I loved and that shared my value system. Yeah, yeah, well said, man. I think being being willing to learn your lessons, you know, like the, the authentic path, which is something we talk about often, like, man, it's full of rattlesnakes. It's full of everything to bump into you that could damage you, that could hurt you. But, you know, freedom comes with a responsibility. And I think for most people, you know, their lives are pre-paved, pre-paved for them. You know, they go to school, they go to uni, they go and work, you know, with the one of 10 to 15 jobs available to them. And there's like, there's no real learning experience. But when you go out on your own, like you're, you have to become a captain. You have to learn how to navigate. You have to learn how to, you know, make decisions that other people aren't making and be willing to, I guess, you know, metaphorically live or die by the consequences. And you're going to learn very quickly when you decide to walk that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of overarching what it was for me, but also like remaining steadfast to what actually inspires me and really listening deeply. What, what excites me? What lights me up? What am I? genuinely curious about as opposed to what's the you know what's the curiosity that's been programmed or implanted into me from other people or from tv or from the crowd as to what paths i should follow so i think being willing to stick true to you know what i actually wanted out of life is absolutely key man and you know when when you do that you're very quickly going to push away the debris push away what's not meant for you push away the people that aren't aligned with you and you're going to magnetize what's really authentic in life yeah. And I think also too, you have to be willing to disappoint people that have certain expectations and projections on you. Yep. Like how they want you to live. Obviously, it usually starts with the the parental figures, usually, you know, but like even just society. I mean, there's such a huge pull to go along to get along, you know, and and like when you're in a certain friend group or, you know, a family, and just to be willing to go, no, like I want this path. I'm gonna go down this road. It's uncertain. You know, when I left my first job post-college, you know, and like I was I was fortunate, I had a friend who like built a tiny little room in his New York City apartment for me. And I lived there for $200 a month. I was living off my savings and, and was able to just like live in New York City and do all the things I wanted to do and take acting classes and go to Central Park and read books. And you know what I mean? And like people thought I was insane. Yeah. They're like, look, there's your awesome. I was living in the closet, you know, like what? But. You have to be like, fuck it. You know, like I know deeply inside, like this is something that's meant for me. Yeah. That's what happens when you question the status quo, man. You're going to, you're going to trigger a lot of people. And I mean, we're talking about vaccines now quite openly. Like for me, I started talking about vaccines back in 2015. And back then, man, it was a very, very, very different conversation yeah. to, to, to what it is now. So, you know, our niche on this podcast, listening to us right now, they're truth seekers. You know, that's, that's, that's the community that we're in. So, and many of these people, they've been questioning, you know, government agendas and, you know, what's really going on in the around us um, and what's being programmed and conditioned upon us for a very, very, very long time. And that's a lonely road, you know. It's becoming a lot more popular, probably the wrong word, but, you know, people are, people are starting to catch on. So, oh, okay, maybe something's not right, you know, in terms of the control systems. Um, but, yeah, man, that fortifies you. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's nice because you can, anyone can start a podcast or you know put out information, and it's not this monopoly of CNN and ABC News or whatever. Now, it's like you know, it's you got pod. Look at Joe Rogan's podcast; it's just yeah, the dude. most popular form of media. 
<laughs> the news corporations can't even come close to that. So yeah, yeah I'm really uh, bullish on the decentralization of, of information. And yeah, I think a platform like X, Twitter, Elon, I think that's great because it's not censoring, you know, stuff that questions the government agenda anymore. I, I think it's going to become way more important as we go forward, you know, with uh, you see, you know, what Russell Brand just got demonetized on YouTube and, you know, Andrew Tate and Trump, you know, getting deplatformed. It's like, we may not agree with them, but you know, at the end of the day, we need you know, like truth. We need, you know, we need both sides. You know, if you don't have that, that discussion or arguments in some case, you know, it's yeah. going to have an echo chamber or wherever mm-hmm. and it's going to become worse. So yeah, it's, and so the, the the biggest catalyst for awareness continually increasing is how repressive and how oppressive you know these these systems have been in the in the last few years. Without that degree of you know um, I guess quote unquote tyranny, the level of awareness would never have have arisen you know in accordance to to what people are actually witnessing. Yeah, and just generally speaking, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a free speech absolutist, but. Like who, who, what individual is better equipped to give an opinion on something? Someone who understands multiple angles and has done the research or someone who's just has, has one narrative within themselves because they've been fed that. So it's like, you know, you have to have discernment, you know, you have to be able to like the truth seeking process, whether it's externally what's happening in the world or internally, it's not linear. You're not like, okay, I just do this thing and it leads to the next thing and leads to the next thing. So you have to be willing to grapple you know, with ideas, you have to be willing to like deal with cognitive dissonance, you know, oh shit, like something just (laughs) smacks you in the face and like talk about pain. Do you feel the pain of like your entrenched belief system being challenged and being like, okay, like let me, let me, let me investigate this. Let me see why that is. Why do I feel so triggered? Why did I just react to that person so strongly? Because they just shared a point of view. And I think the people who have the psycho-emotional fortitude and the education and have done a certain level of inner work, they, they just have a greater capacity to like to navigate the world and to grapple with these ideas and to be okay. So like back to your question to us personally before, like I think I've always been, there's been a part of me, whatever it is, man, I was born with it, but that, that's always been like okay with like, if something makes more rational sense, I throw away like whatever like belief system I stood on before. You know, I'm like, man, this makes more sense. I've investigated it and like, cool, you know, whether it has to do with health, whether it has to do with some other subject. And I think you have to be willing to grapple with with things that challenge your your belief systems. Yeah, it shows control of your ego. You, I look at people who subscribe to groupthink, you know, maybe it's a vegan or, you know, it could be even someone on the right or left or wherever. Yeah, it's yeah. like they they just let the the group think for them, and they 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 just don't have any opinions on their own. Safe up with the yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts how many people have that. I'm sure I have that to some degree, but mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's crazy how how people they don't even think for themselves. You can hit them with these logical arguments, like yeah, and they just you know shut up. You then they go to personal insults. It's like. 
damn man it's it's legit like mass hypnosis or a big psyop or so dude it's it's, it's everywhere man we talk about even in like the so-called truth community or conspiracy community yeah. or people that are like more open to things happening in the world people get suckered into a certain ideology or a group and it's like anyone who even challenges that is like controlled opposition or is a shill or yeah. or or whatever you know and it's like yeah. man like like the reality is we all like we may know some stuff but we don't really know what the fuck is going on in a lot of ways. Like we just uh -oh. don't, we speculate, we take in information, we analyze it, but like, I, I don't fucking know, you know, I may know more relative to another person on a certain subject. So I think this is where I think I love the humility that that word humility in some ways I don't like it, but in this way to just realize like, you don't fucking know everything, yeah. you know, you don't have everything figured out because your neighborhood doctor told you something or because you read a textbook in your fucking 11th grade science class or because you went to college. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're fucking 18 and you went to college and you think you know everything about what's going on in the world and what's Political going on in the science the community degree. and what's going on. Whatever. You know, like, like chill, bro. Like fucking chill. Yeah, straight up. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> See, the shit they're teaching in college, dude, is hilarious. In my second year of college, I was I was forced into this class to get the credits, and <laughs> the way that the professor uh, ran the first class was like, "All right, class, I want everyone to to go around and mime a weather system that you're feeling today." I was like, "What am I paying money for? What is this? I'm going. To, I want to be a high school English teacher. What is going on? Why am I paying thousands of dollars to this to this institution to teach this? No, yep, totally, man. Go and watch the <laughs> go watch the 1984 interview between Yuri Bezmenov and G. Edward Griffin, and you'll find out exactly that answer. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Oh, you've man. seen it, great, man. Yeah, that's yeah. A a big recommendation on our end yeah yeah that's eye-opening shit dude it's it's crazy to see it happening you know oh, yeah, <laughs> straight man. up yeah it's so true and a lot of my more uh friends that, that were it was interesting ideas they're deeply entrenched in you know academia and they're just sipping the kool-aid oh yeah it's dude teaching man yeah it's activism so let's shift a little bit, I guess. I mean, what what is ghostwriting? And like, is this something that, you know, like, I guess, what's, what's your connection to this? And how do you find yourself kind of down this path? Yeah, so ghostwriting is you just pretend to be people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, you basically uh, take over someone's account, you create content for them, and you grow their account. And I came across it because I was growing my own Twitter and I was, I was going to be a copywriter and copywriting is when you write persuasively online. And my friend JK, he was talking about ghostwriting, how he's ghostwriting for other people's accounts, growing their social media. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. At the time it was very new. And I was kind of thinking, okay, I could be a copywriter and be a small fish in a huge pond, or I could be a ghostwriter. Cause I know how to grow my account and you know, I'm decent at it. So I could be a big fish in a small pond. And I just kind of looked at it. I'm like, yeah, you know, ghostwriter sounds cool. You know, very mysterious. And, and I enjoy creating content. So, you know, I can, I can do this for other people. 
So I hired my mentor, Dan Kell. He helped me really monetize the offer and get things dialed in. But um, yeah, I, I launched in November of 2021. And I do, there's such high demand for ghostwriting because people see where the internet's going and they see how powerful it is to build a brand. So within 28 days, I hit $11,000 a month of launching my business. And it was just people hitting me up. They they saw me growing. I had like maybe 5,000 followers on, on Twitter at the time. And people, yes, they went to my profile. So I had a website, clicked on the website, filled out an application form. Yeah, I hopped on some sales calls, closed them. And yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride. You meet some interesting people when you go straight. Like I've written for male porn stars. I've written for nothing like sexual. is like male self-improvement. Uh, <laughs> that was an interesting, he's an interesting cat. Um, but uh, like founders, like eight-figure founders, seven-figure founders, you know, people in all walks of life with interesting views. I've I've written content for them and have become friends with them. And some of them got some crazy ass opinions, but I, I put it out there for, for people of like, okay, if you want, if that's your truth, I'll 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 write that for you, man. But it's uh yeah, it's basically where you interview your clients, you ask thoughtful questions, so you get good answers, you transcribe the call, the interview you have with your client, use a transcriber like otter ai transcribe the call turn it into content you write all the content you send it to the client for approval or feedback when it's all approved then you schedule the content for the client and the content goes out and then you also pay for distribution for the client so from accounts that have the audience that are aligned with who they want to attract so you know i'd pay 20 to 40 dollars a retweet to get my clients uh, retweeted and I would get like two to 15 people at a time to retweet a piece of content. It would go viral. You know, they get all these followers, you know, sales, whatever. And uh, that's pretty much ghostwriting. You write content, pay for distribution, mix the two. That's how you grow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was, so what was your industry? Yeah. Do you have to do much research for the, the male porn star role? Uh no, he put out a lot of YouTube content, not like sexual. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was like an ex porn star, and then he like yeah yeah became yeah, a YouTuber. But yeah, he, he's he's an interesting dude. I I really like him. What, what um like what first made you realize you're a writer? Is this when you started journaling back in the days, dude? So it's actually interesting when I think back on it. When I was in grade one, I loved to write. I would just write and write during class and even when the class was done i would just keep writing in my journal and the you know, stories and stuff like that and kind of killed my love of writing as i've progressed further in the the school system because you're writing these two thousand word essays on topics you do not care about and although writing was my strongest subject in school i just didn't like it and same with college you know you're writing these dumbass essays on stuff you don't care about in this format that is just crazy and you got to use these you know fancy words and all that and i was just like this is stupid but when it came to twitter and i was writing about my ideas and 
my thoughts and building community, I really enjoyed it. I've, I found my love for writing again. And I started actually self-educating and writing, you know, reading books like Cash Retizing or or Writing Tools by Roy Peter Clark or, you know, 100 Ways to Improve Your Writing by Gary Provost. And I just saw like, this is beautiful. Like you can craft words in a certain way, certain structure, and it produces an emotional response for the person or you, you can communicate an idea much clearer or you can persuade someone to do something. And it was just, I just loved it again. I, I felt like I was that kid in grade one and I just, just love creating content and seeing the actual impact, you know, with an essay or whatever it's, you know, you don't care about it. And then you're like, oh, I get a grade. Great. But you actually see that actual impact in real time, whether it's money, influence, or, or helping people in their lives, you know, getting a message back. Like, oh, this is amazing. That's cool. And that's that's where I think the really sparked my love for writing again. And yeah, it, it's cool. And uh, yeah, I never really saw myself as a writer until like nine months in on writing on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, I'm a writer. I, I, I classify as a writer. So yeah, it's been a journey. That's also funny how it came full circle. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you write much like long long form content or is it mainly just Yeah. 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 So I I write my newsletter every week and I've been doing that for a year and a half now. And that's the most meaningful thing piece of content I, I create right now is my newsletter because I'm actually going in depth on on my thoughts on stuff, you know, with Twitter or Instagram, you know, it's just a short form post and you know, whatever. But when people actually take the time, you spend five, ten minutes reading a newsletter from you, you know, you get to go in depth on a thought and actually I think it's they're more likely to take action on something. But you know, a short form piece of content, they're scrolling on to the next thing. So my newsletter is where I put most of my effort when it comes to writing, and I've put a lot more focus on that in the past three weeks. Um, because I'm taking my newsletters, I'm turning them into YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of like I'm writing my script, so I'm going a lot more in depth. But uh, yeah, I think long form is really important because you you not even for the audience, but for yourself, because you go in depth on a thought and it's, I think it's very therapeutic and it, it also helps you build understanding because to convey a thought, you know, if you don't have cohesive ideas, if you don't say in a simplistic manner, it's not going to make sense to the audience. So you have to actually understand what you're talking about. It forces you to understand it. Yeah. Like building a full-time online income to most people seems like such a pipe dream, you know? Um, like what, like what you say, what would you say to someone who thinks like that's such a, you know, far outreaching fantasy and like, what's actually possible for digital, for digital creators? Yeah, man. I mean, the creator economy is just going to keep growing. I think it's going to double Goldman Sachs. Is, I think it's going to double by 2027. I forget what the number is, but some crazy big number. But I mean, like, why not you really, if you think about it, you know, you got, <laughs> Logan Paul, Jake Paul, you know, all these people, they're not smarter than you. It's like, why not you? Why can't why can't you create something? Why can't you create you know, you don't need millions of vans. Yeah. You know, you just create if you think about it, you know, if you grow a following over the span of a year, ten thousand followers, let's say ten that's definitely doable. 
you grow a following of 10,000 followers and you have a product or service or something for a thousand dollars is it not it's not realistic to assume you can get a hundred people out of ten thousand people to buy that mm -hmm. oh it's just got a hundred thousand dollars a year you know they you know chop it up at whatever price point you want but man it's it's a lot more achievable than people think but people are conditioned to to color within the lines you know like Go to school, get a job, you know, invest in the S&P 500, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's like, okay, if you just like kind of steer off the path, you have like the traditional path a little bit and you're okay with people questioning you and doubting you for the first few months, but you just keep going off the path. You find this like crazy path that no one knows about, you know, they're, they're going on this like shitty path. You go, you're going on like fun mountain and all this shit maybe it's a trek to get up there but yeah. kind of weird analogy <laughs> but <laughs> it works <laughs> let's go to fun mountain <laughs> no but it's a lot more doable and i think if you follow people that have their head on straight you know like maybe dan co or jk molina or, or i don't know you find it you find it like a good group of people that aren't like damn fuck dan lock or those those <laughs> Some of the people, uh, those those self improvement gurus or business gurus, are just such jokes. But if you find people that you know, you can kind of tell they're authentic, and they're they're not just trying to sell you a course twenty four seven. Um, but you consume content from them, you like actually listen to what they're saying, and you know they're laying out the roadmap of what to do. It's like okay, that's definitely doable. You know, if I just do X, Y, and Z over a long enough time horizon. Yeah. It's fair to assume that I'm going to see success, you know, if you put in consistent effort. And yeah. I think a lot of people, they maybe have this expectation that, oh, if I don't go viral, then I'm a failure. It's not going to work out. So, you know, oh, it's two months in and I'm not at 100,000 followers. It's like your expectations are so, it's like cognitive dissonance, man. You just got to have the expectation. I'm going to do this for 12 to 36 months. And then, Okay, if I get to 36 months and I haven't seen any results or much results, then okay, maybe it's fair to assume I sh I'm not cut out for this. But you'd be shocked. Like, I, I'm amazed at how some people, like how successful some, even myself at times. But it's uh, it's it's so doable, man. It really is. It's just finding someone that lays out the roadmap. They're not a complete potato. And you actually take action on what they're saying, what they're you know, you're consuming a free resource from them or a paid resource and you just execute on it. You have a long enough time horizon. You just do it. I guarantee you're going to see results. It's really, really that simple. Yeah. And you got to be willing to like invest in yourself. You know, like we, we consume so much and we spend so much, you know, um, in, I guess, non-meaningful, you know, acquisitions and goods. But like when it comes to investing in yourself, it seems like such a struggle. For some people to be like, oh yeah, that's worth it. Oh yeah, maybe I'll learn something worthwhile that could change and shift my entire life. Yeah, dude, it's that's one. So I, I was procrastinating for a long time, you know, reading one more book, listening to one more podcast, and it wasn't until I invested seventy five percent of my savings, I had like eight grand saved up, and I paid Dan Co six grand for mentorship. That's when I really lit a fire in my ass. I'm like, if I don't, if I don't do this. I just wasted a bunch of money and I'm going to feel like an absolute clown. I'm actually going to take action. Yeah. And that's 
Like I, I don't I don't think everyone has to invest like eighty percent, seventy five percent of their savings to do it. For me personally, it worked really well because it lit a fire under my house. I felt the pain of investing a significant portion of money. So it was like kind of like the sunk cost fallacy it working for you, where it's like, okay, now I gotta take action. You know, with a book, it's like, oh, I paid twenty five bucks for it, whatever. Like I'm not gonna read it or take action on it. And I think that's a trap a lot of people get into. It's like, oh, you know, they're jerking themselves off listening to podcasts. They feel like they're progressing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, listen to podcasts, but, you know, take action on the shit too. <laughs> like, Do something. for real. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I have a similar story. I mean, I've been someone who was always into learning and growing and I feel like I hoarded knowledge for a long time. And, you know, I think it was like several years ago, like I met someone at a coaching workshop and he hit me up on a sales call and. And like, I ended up investing a, a pretty penny. I just threw it on a credit card, you know, and that was like a, you know, a big deal for me. And, um, you know, the, pro, the, the coaching I got, like, yeah, it was good. But I think the biggest thing for him, for me was where he said, listen, okay, enough fucking bullshit. Like you're going to go, you're going to find a place, you're going to book the place and you're going to lead your first workshop because, you know, I've done a lot of different work in the health sphere and, and, you know, body work and somatics and trauma and all this other work. And so like I went and put money down to book a place for the day. And then I was like, fuck, I got to fill it up. And I filled it up. And then like I led this, I led like a bunch of men in this workshop and it was fucking incredible. I got all this awesome feedback and I got, I met someone there who was like a mindset coach. And then we teamed up to do these monthly Zoom calls. And like that led to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it's like this one decision to invest in myself you know, and put down a little bit more money than I was comfortable with, like led to where we are right now, the three of us fucking having this conversation yeah. and what Joel and I have created. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible when you think about like where it started. But even, something. even in the process of monetizing this podcast, remember initially we were purely, we were doing second half episode paid via Patreon and we saved a bit of money on Patreon, like maybe four or 5k. And then we're like, all right, how do we actually make a full-time living out of this? And we invested the entire thing into coaches to create a group to get us on the track of creating a group coaching program. And like without that initial investment, like this wouldn't be the full-time gig. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's that pain that hurts. If it's painful, it's like, because you don't, it's unknown. It's like, what if this doesn't pay off? What if it pays off fucking greater than you could ever imagine? Straight up, dude. That's, that's one of the biggest mindset hacks is, you know, what if it does work out? really yeah straight up it's a completely different like reframe you know and like i know it's corny we say it all the time but it's like what's the definition of insanity it's like you're gonna keep doing the same fucking shit that you're doing and expecting your life to just turn into something just out of nowhere like no you have to do something different you gotta start going to the gym every day you gotta you know hire the coach that inspires you and that resonates with you you know whatever you gotta sit down a few hours a day and start writing like that's it like so you have to make a shift, you have to make a change. And that change is going to be uncomfortable because it's not the same thing that you've just built this complacency and around. Yeah. But like fuck mediocrity, man. Like that's death to me. Like I'm not here for that shit. Like I don't why why would I want to sit on the fence my entire life and not realize potential? And to me, that's what's most exciting is the realization of potential. Because it's infinite. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it too, man, we're all going to die one day. It's, yeah. it's so it's cliche, but man, you have, mm-hmm. if you actually just I'm think more. about it, isn't it, isn't it crazy? 
like you just cease to exist. It's such a crazy concept. Sometimes my brain just can't even wrap my head around. It's like, what do you mean? Like forever? Like you, you're just dead forever? Like that's <laughs> crazy. I know, dude. That's, what do you think about it? It's like, well, goddamn, like I'm going to lick the plate clean of life, right? Like I'm just yeah. going to do everything and, like, you know, fuck it. Like just put yourself out there. It's like living a life of just, yeah, just going through the motions. You, know, you come home. It's a wife you, you tolerate and you know, your kids are like, oh my God, my kids, like they're such a handful. Give them the iPad and you just wake up. You hate your job. You know, people don't respect you. Kids don't respect you. And you just do that every day until you fucking die. That is depressing. That is, you're you're not even living, man. That is some depressing nah, shit. You're not you're not living. Yeah, yeah. Memento mori, man. Memento mori is a spiritual practice in itself. Knowing that you will die, and you can die at any moment. Any one of us, right now, we don't know what tomorrow what, what yeah. tomorrow will bring. You know. And so, how do you live when you know that death is inevitable? You know, do you use that? Do you cower in fear? Do you use that to, to inspire you to lick the fucking plate clean of life? Like you said, I love that. I love that. I know. Yeah. yeah. And like the other big thing is like the whole concept of imperfect action. Just take, just take the fucking step forward. If you fall, it doesn't matter. If someone laughs at you, it doesn't matter. If someone leaves a fucking shit post troll comment, like at least you've taken a step forward and like you're either going to win or you're going to learn. But Straight one up. way or another, you're going to be in a different place than where you were before acting. Yeah. Most people don't have the courage to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even then, that's a win. It's easy to criticize. Oh, you know, you, what are you trying to do? You trying to fucking do X, Y, Z? It's like, yeah, well, fuck around, find out, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's the trolls are always the ones that like want. It's the crabs in the bucket theory, man. Just want to keep you in the bucket, the bucket of the status quo, the bucket of comfort, the bucket of complacency, the bu- the bucket of like what is. And it's like, you know, we're trying to climb out of that shit or we, we have climbed out of it and we're doing what we're doing. And like these these people, you know, they're just, you know, whether you make the decision to stop drinking, whether you make the decision to stop going out, whether you make the decision to like change your diet, um, leave your job, whatever. Like most people that don't have that psycho-emotional fortitude or the, or the education or the knowledge, man, they're just like, no, no, no. Because by you doing that, you signal something to them that triggers vulnerability that they don't want to deal with. And so they'll get into judgment. They'll attack you. They'll ridicule you, whatever the case may be, because they can't sit with that pain of like, well, if what that person is doing is right, right, you know, whatever that means, what does that say about me? Mm-hmm. And most people can't sit with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's the basic dynamic that's going on, you know, in the world when you see people attacking and judging. It's like, but what if they're right? Can you sit with that? Can you sit with that? Oh, okay. But most people don't. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, when you think about it, you have to be in a pretty sad state in life if you take the time and energy to comment on someone else's post or whatever and just try to leave hate and try to bring him down. Like that's a sad, sad life, man. It's kind of feel empathy toward those people. Yeah. Also, you're not, also, you're just not really solid in, in, in who you are. The people who really know themselves or feel confident in what they know, they're not out there. Like you have to, you have to, this is the truth. No, you have to know it, you know? And it's like, I just started doing Brazilian jujitsu with my wife, you know, like, like, you know, I'm totally new at it, but we went to the headquarters in, in Torrance, uh, the Gracie University there. 
And it's like uh, Hannah Gracie was talking about how like people, the people who just start doing jujitsu, they're more likely to be like, oh, well, if someone tries to fuck with me, I'm going to try this move out and whatever. But the people who have been doing it like and understand the principles, they're not out there like they're trying to not get into a fight. You know, they're just like, I don't need this. I know what I'm capable of. I'm not trying to go out there and like force something or push something. So I think there's like a similar mindset that goes on with people who, you know, don't really know themselves or don't really know the subjects they're talking about and get so triggered when anything crosses their path that challenges it. Well, I mean, real real power isn't loud. Mm. I mean, it's it's just, it's more grounded. It's more, yeah. it just exudes off of you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think back in the days, man, when, when I was a lot younger, like I got into back and forth on Facebook, man, like in my mid twenties, <laughs> like I'd spend hours in a day, like trying to convince someone, you know, like it's so funny to think back of that, like, you know, younger part of me. And now it's like, I just so like, I'm too busy living a dope life to like be concerned about these kinds of things, you know? Yeah. Facts, bro. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's a full-time job for a lot of people. <laughs> like in the Facebook, it's always on Facebook too. Facebook's Facebook so more toxic. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you get the weird, weird shit on right. there too. Yeah, even with us, Wild West, man. <laughs> yeah, even with us, like in the beginning, we weren't really sharing tons of stuff on Facebook. Like you know, we do a lot of uh, a couple reels per episode usually. Yeah. And there was this moment, like I think a few of our reels went viral, and so now on Facebook, we never even planned it. Like we have a little bit more of a following, and so when we share a reel on Facebook, it gets so much. Like there are people that's getting on there. I don't even I don't even watch them. I just see my notifications. Like this person commented, this person commented, and it's like you just know these people are arguing over over this reel that we posted that I don't even know what they're arguing about because I'm not paying attention. But Instagram doesn't really, at least for us, we don't really get that same kind of engagement. Uh, but it's yeah, Facebook's a trip. Yeah, Dude, it's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. One other thing I wanted to t- touch on, like when people like start shifting into like wanting to be a digital creator, wanting to be an online entrepreneur, and they start like reframing their social media. Like who they're most afraid of is not strangers or randoms. It's their friends and their family. It's the people closest to them that, you know, know how they are on social media. Now, all of a sudden they're trying something different. That's what holds them back the most. It's that it's the fear of that judgment. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. I, yeah, if, the big thing I would recommend too, if, if that's like a hindrance, just create a new profile, same name, you know, just different profile. Really, it's yeah, it's 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 definitely something that's uncomfortable, but yeah, I think you get over it after enough reps. It's so unsexy, but a lot of it's just reps, man. Like yeah. I didn't feel like a, I had such imposter syndrome when I rebranded as a writer. It's like, oh, I don't got a degree. I don't, you know, I'm not some successful novelist but you know i just did it enough times there's like oh yeah i, I do this and it, it, it's funny too it's because you like i've grown this big following but you just realize like people don't really care <laughs> it's like they don't care what you're doing they're like oh yeah that's cool <laughs> and they're on to the next thing it's like oh yeah, yeah. you just realize no one really <laughs> really gives a fuck <laughs> do whatever true, you man. want yeah true. and also at the end of the day man with this it's like it's are you effective are you effective and do you provide something of value? Like we're moving past this stage of like what letters are after your fucking name? (laughs) 
I mean, like, I don't really have like certain, I need letters after my name. And yet, like, I feel very confident in my abilities when talking about like health and talking about the things that I talk about, you know? You have, you have, you have, you have a Zizer after your name, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are my pronouns. Those are my pronouns. Zizer. Um, but uh, I can't believe I didn't put him on my Zoom chat right now. <laughs> Dakota, what do you think of me right now? This is horrible. Oh, jeez. You're, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I am a piece of shit. I can't believe neither yeah. one of you have your pronouns listed after your names also. Um, but but yeah, man, it's like we are. We live in this information age. And it's like you could read thousands of books and you can learn in these workshops. And it's like you gain all this knowledge as opposed to going through these conventional uh, modes of schooling that like are so rigid and like indoctrinate you to think and and um and think in a certain way so yeah man most of the shit that i learned that really has changed my life as a man as a person um it happened after college mm-hmm. you know like i went to college i went to boston university yeah sure i had the ability to memorize and regurgitate information i didn't go to class i just fucking popped a riddle in and and fucking study for 36 <laughs> hours straight memorized the material went out and regurgitated it i had that ability so i was able to just do what i had to do to get the grade but I left college and I backpacked Europe for a few months and I brought like 10 books with me. This was in 2002. And like, I was just traveling and reading and I was like, whoa, I love reading. I love this shit. I wasn't that way really in college personally. And so that really started it for me. And so like taking classes, reading books, traveling, like that changed my life. So it's like the real education happened for me outside the academic system. I yeah, love how you yeah, spoke about your life journey twice in one podcast, bro. Well, you know, man, we're getting real. We're keeping it real here. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> no. We need, I think, yeah, we need more kids traveling. So that was the big transformative moment for me, just traveling, backpacking That's, Asia. Yeah. yeah, bro. In the old days, man, before we had like our academic conventional schooling, you know, that's what people did, man. They like had a mentor, they read books, they like, maybe traveled around they learned through experience you know they learned a vocation it was not like hey let's all get into a room you have to raise your hand in order to go to the bathroom everyone gets the same education everyone gets treated the same way even though we're unique individuals and all of us we 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 learn differently you know and it's just like like education just isn't catered it's just not catered to the individual in a traditional more conventional uh schooling system yeah. yeah, now it's activism. <laughs> you know, yeah, I hear you, man. So, man, we're coming up to the end. Do you have any like final words? Like, what would you say to like, you know, someone? Because no, you're 25, so like someone who's 17, 18, 20, 23, even older. But like, let's just say like someone younger who's you know struggling in life and and you know unsure of what they exactly they want to do. Like, what would you say to them? I'd say lean into discomfort. That's been the big thing my whole life was, you know, if it's uncomfortable, it's a sign that you're changing. Whether it's imposter syndrome, you know, if you if you experience imposter syndrome, then it's a sign that your brain's trying to protect you from something because you're doing something new. But to become someone someone more than you are currently, you have to do new stuff. It's like placing stress on your muscles. You to build muscle, you need to take on things that are, you know, you're not used to break down the muscle and then you rebuild bigger. So I, I think adopting that philosophy in all areas of life, but yeah, man, leaning into discomfort and, and learning to trust yourself and, and, and build your confidence, you know, stack small wins and realize you don't have to ever have everything figured out, but you know, the just trying 
you know, just trying to to pursue what you want and and having faith over a long long enough time horizon it's going to work out. Really like contemplating death a lot, not not suicide, but death. Mm-hmm. And and it really puts things into perspective. You you really think about it, it's like, okay, am I going to just live a mediocre life and then just die one day? Or am I going to like put myself out there, do some crazy shit, you know, maybe it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to live a fucking kick-ass life and I'm going to meet some cool people. I'm going to, you know, have some dope kids that I like and do work that I love and all this stuff. It really puts it into perspective. Like, you know, read some Marcus Aurelius or whatever stoic philosophy stuff. And it, I think it would really guide you in life. But yeah, man, that's, that's, oh, and learn, learn, learn an online skill. I think that's, yeah. Uh, if I could give a recommendation, definitely learn an online skill that makes people money or, proves their health some degree but yeah well said bro dakota man i've loved the last 90 minutes hanging out with you a man very very impressive the trajectory that you've taken um and you know the the path that you're on um and it's it's beautiful to see you really man you know someone you know move move the needle from you know a place where you know life wasn't feeling so good into something that's really meaningful and purposeful and I look forward to continuing to see, you know, the growth and the journey and observing from, you know, afar. Just in closing, right. dude, um, I guess, I mean, how can, how can people contact you? Can I get in touch with you? Like what, what any offers you might have at the moment? Uh, yeah, I guess like the main thing is just my website, dakotarobertson.net.com was taken by another Canadian social media marketer. I tried to get it, but I couldn't. Fuck but, you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. It's a woman, but <laughs> fuck you still. We equality. <laughs> no, but uh yeah, I guess that yeah, DakotaRobertson.net and then uh Twitter X is my main social media. So at wrongs to write W-R-I-T-E. Ironic, I can't write. Um yeah, those are the main ones. Instagram, but just go to Twitter, Twitter's based. Cool. cool man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Just a reminder, this is the final curtain call for Rise Above the Herd, our eight-week group coaching program for truth seekers. Um, You know, this program, uh, if you are sincere in doing the work, it will change your life. Um, It will provide you with a deeper sense of heroism and a deeper, clearer knowing of who you are and what you're born to give to the world. And more importantly, the empowerment to take action and bring that into actualization We'd love to meet you, love to connect with you, love to go on this journey with you. There is an up until Wednesday, the 11th of October to apply. That's to join, to sign up. That's the cutoff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Take care. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms because they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward and never.